You're listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen, co-founders of Safe Money Radio Marketing and regular contributors to ThinkAdvisor and other industry publications. Bill is a 100 plus million dollar annuity producer, co-founder of annuity.com and an internet branding and reputation expert. Anthony has helped agents and advisors across the country achieve annuity production premiums in excess of $20 million per year and is president of Annuity Agents Alliance and Annuity Innovation Systems. Each week, Bill and Anthony update you on the annuity business with marketing, sales process, and case design strategies based on actual practice, not theory. Notes for this week's podcast can be found at annuityagentsalliance.com. This podcast is for licensed financial professional use only. Hey, welcome everybody and uh, thanks for being on our podcast this morning. I want to start with a couple of things. We always take a break uh, from uh, from our open mic podcast system about this time, so we'll be off uh, over the Memorial Day weekend. And I decided to move up an extra week, come back on June 10th instead of June 17th. So June 10th we'll be back, and uh, hope everybody has a great Memorial Day. And speaking of that, Memorial Day, you know, it's the first three-day weekend, I suppose, of the year, and everybody wants to get out and do things. But remember what it's for. It's for those who serve. And I think at Memorial Day, I think of my dad and stuck in the – Jungles of Burma for two and a half years. Not that whole generation went through, and then the next generation, Vietnam and Korea, Korea, Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera. So, have good thoughts. If someone you know and care about served in the military, hey, give them a pat on the back or buy them a coffee or something. But anyway, keep Memorial Day for really what it is. So I'm going to start off today. Uh, We have an awful lot of things to go over today, and uh, uh, so we'll try, try and get through uh, the key parts. So I want to talk a little bit about this, my book, Save Money, that uh, Anthony's probably edited 10 times on top of it, so it's really all of our books. But as you know, the story, I used this as my handout, and on the back were my contact points, and I made it my business card. And it really worked. Uh, still to this day, you'll still see people in the Olympia area that would still keep this book. And the reason why is because the the uh, covers are in color and it's got some girth to it and it does have uh, general middle of the road information. There's a new edition coming out on it having to do with assets under management and uh, that's going to be changed. I'll get to that probably sometime in this month. But there's a, probably close to 100,000 copies on the on the website. I posted only 75,000, but I'm pretty sure we're more than that. And I'll try and update that one those days. So long after after this book came came some uh, very very well known books. Uh, Chad wrote uh, Stress and Bucking and Rocking Chairs, and uh, his picture and his book is up there, and the link to Amazon is up there. Followed by that, Brad Pistol, uh has his his book, uh, Safe Money Matters, and he has a brand new book come out that's going to have some uh, wonderful uh, publicity with it. It's coming out in two or three weeks, and uh, I was uh, privileged to a little tip-off on it, what it is, but it's just uh, phenomenal what uh, his new book's going to 
be promoted. So that's terrific because when uh, when someone comes into their offices or they go visit people, what a way, what a way to! I'm on the radio. Here's my book. Would you like a copy of it? So on and so forth. So following along on that, our good friend Lyle Boss uh, wrote a book called Save Money Miracle, and it's a it's a different kind of book. It's based on his experiences and. His new um, uh, his new partner Dave Anderson chipped in on it. I know they took a year to write this book. It's very clever. It's got a lot of really interesting articles in it and things that have happened to him over the years and how he's dealt with that with his his clients and uh, and people close to him. And uh, this uh, all three of these books right now have a, have achieved the uh, Amazon bestseller certificate certification. So. That's uh, that's really too, really one of the things they have in common, of course, is they're all committed to their communities, their family, and the business, and and they're they're Amazon bestsellers, and they put everything they have into the, everything for everybody before themselves. And number four, what's the fourth thing? They're all huge, huge producers, huge producers. So there's a common theme right there. So if anybody's interested in, in joining that, we have a, uh, our friend Michael Delon. Who was a guest on uh, on our podcast two or three weeks ago? Will help you write it, help you do it. It'll be completely yours, uh, and he'll help you get it on Amazon bestseller list and so on and so forth. So, uh, paperback expert is his dot uh, com is his website, or you can email any of us and we'll forward about to him. Great, great, great marketing, just terrific stuff. With that, we're going to go quite in depth on our marketing pieces this uh, today. And if you're on the notes, you'll see there's three emails. I rearranged them in reverse, so email one came up first. And with that, Anthony's going to walk us through. This is really important stuff. If you absolutely need to pay attention to the budgeting part on this and how the marketing is set up, it's vital. We've talked about this over the years, pieces on it, and here it all is in uh, one whole presentation. So. Anthony Sawyers. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this in various forums throughout the years, but this is kind of a consolidation in some of these thoughts. You know, I want you, I want you to think about it this way. There hasn't been a single restaurant, not one, that went out of business because of COVID last year. Not a single restaurant. Every single restaurant that went out of business went out of business due to lack of capitalization. That's it. If they had the capital, they could survive COVID. And on the backside of COVID, they would have less competition and a massive surge of demand. Uh, I mean, I just got back from Vegas and uh, speaking at a conference there, and that place was pumping. And the restaurants were completely full and any of them that survived COVID had all the business that they could ask for. Um, but they were obviously capitalized to survive. And you need to think in terms of capitalization uh, with your business, not the challenges that are going to come our way, because, you know, we don't know necessarily what those are. We didn't see COVID coming. Uh, we're not going to see the next Department of Labor or SEC action against our industry uh, and what iteration of that will be. We're not going to necessarily see uh, competition that's going to come our way and make things more difficult um, in, in full clarity. So the way you prepare for that 
is to be highly intentional. Uh, on the first email there that uh, Bill organized for us, uh, there's a, a link to a gentleman by the name of Rick Rule as a guest on Stansberry Research. Really good channel, by the way. I mean, they talk a lot about crypto and gold, but, you know, you can't get past that these days. But every once in a while, they'll talk to someone, and and, and you'll find someone that's very pragmatic, that's not um, promotional, and just talks about good investing and good business. And Rick Rule has obviously made his millions and is literally uh, on a glide path for the rest of his life. And you can really tell that in his conversation because – he just doesn't have any vested interest to sell anything. Uh, and one of the things he talked about in that was having dry powder, having money that's set aside to take advantage of chaos. And uh, the only way you can have dry powder is if you're capitalized. You have to be able to take, you have to have emergency money for your personal uh, expenses for your business, and then you have to have money just sitting on the side wait, waiting to take advantage of opportunity. And so I shared that, and then one of our radio partners down in Louisiana sent an email back that says, how do you know when you're highly capitalized? And at first glance, that kind of seems like an obvious answer to an obvious question, but it's actually a really smart question because you know, you could say, well, I'm highly capitalized when I know when I get there, but how do you know when you're getting capitalized through the process of getting capitalized? How do you know you have a plan that's going to take you to those higher levels of capitalization? And how enough, uh, how much is enough? Uh, and it's really important to be super intentional with your processes and your goals and your plans. Don't just wing it. Uh, know how much money you need to have on the side to take advantage of opportunities. Know how much money you need to have on the side to withstand a 12-month or a 24-month uh, challenge that could uh, impact our industry. Um, you know, what if one of our major carriers went insolvent? You know, how would that, you know, and it press all over the world about it. That's highly unlikely to happen, but it would be a black swan event that could drastically impact your business. And how are you going to survive that? So, or all the other things that can come our way and that just, you know, there's as many of those as stars in the sky, right? So I'm going to go over what I call the four stages of marketing budget. And the way you get capitalized in this business is not by decreasing your expenditures in your business. Uh, decrease your personal expenditures to the, to the maximum level as possible. But when it comes to marketing in your business, you cannot save your way to success. You know, any amount of, you know, if you, if you trim the fat on your expenses in your business, you know, unless you have some extremely fancy office or, or something that just isn't justified by the scale that you're currently at, um, there's really no amount of trimming of the fat that you could do that's going to have a, a big impact in your capitalization. The, the big impact is going to come through, through selling by becoming better at what you do and then having a process that allows you to be consistent and persistent 
to be able to exercise those improvements in your business. So four stages of marketing. First stage, monthly budget. This is a budget that you stick to. And, and when I say that, I, I do not say that with shades of gray. I mean, you pick a budget and you stick with that budget, whether that's 2000 a month, 3000 a month, 4000 a month, whatever it is. Uh, you reverse engineer yourself back into that budget. You figure out how much money you have that uh, can be set aside for marketing uh, that will allow you to sustain that budget. And then you look at what will create the activity that will allow you to enter into a position where you can build some momentum. And so, you know, the basic, what I've seen over the years, um, over and over again, getting agents started from almost to zero, uh, I've seen that you have to be in front of at least two new people a week. Uh, anything less than that is what I call driving a parked car. Uh, you know, you're in the car, engine might be turned on, but you're not in drive, and you're not going anywhere, uh, and there's not going to be any momentum. Uh, you're not going to have the opportunity to make a sale and then go right into another appointment and use that momentum to make another sale. You're not going to have the opportunity to uh, fail in a in a in in compelling a client to uh, make a move and then take that failure and learn from it and, and immediately apply changes and test those changes uh, through the next appointment. So you have to at least, at the very least, meet with two new people a month and spend a, a monthly budget that will allow you to do that. And do not retreat. Do not cut back. If you turn off that budget, your business is dead, and you're going to have to restart your business uh, just as if it was your first day uh, getting into this industry. And I've seen that over and over again, and it's a tragedy. You know, on again, off again, on again, off again, and every single time you've got to restart your business. So pick a budget, stick with it, uh, and then you want to intentionally move towards what we call a cal calendar budget. And a calendar budget is spending as much money as required to fill your calendar. And it's the transition between that stage one monthly budget and that stage two calendar budget where most agents uh, never progress. They, they, they get comfortable, they start making six figures a year, uh, you know, after expenses, maybe they're pulling in a good living, uh, and then they just never push themselves. They get afraid of the capital expenditure, uh, and they don't intentionally move forward. One of the problems that causes that to happen is a failure to intentionally improve your sales process. You should be spending every single waking moment of your life in this business trying to figure out how to become a better salesperson, which means how do I compel people to act in a way that benefits them uh, and creates a problem uh, that they agree needs to be solved and a solution that solves that problem permanently so I can get that client to act in a way uh, that uses the most amount of their suitable funds to permanently solve a problem. If you increase your case size, you increase your closure rate, you decrease the number of appointments it takes to close business, 
then you're going to have the capital to move from that monthly budget to that calendar budget. Now, when you're in the calendar budget, one of the one of the foundational practices you have to put in place is the capitalization, because nothing is consistent in business or in life or in anything. And if you don't have reserves uh, set up, then you're going to end up having a challenge that's going to cause you to retreat. And if you retreat, once again, you're dead. you got to start your business over. So in this process, one of the key things that we did in our business is we committed ourselves, one, to getting out of debt. Debt is uh, basically a way to be a slave to money. Uh, and uh, getting capitalized, which means getting a minimum of $100,000 in your personal account, as dry powder emergency money and a hundred thousand dollars in your business account, uh, so that you can, uh, you know, if, if you have a dry slump, if you, you know, you're just not selling good. We all get into these ruts. Nobody is immune to it. I've seen our top sellers getting these ruts. Happens, happens to everybody. But the capitalization is what's going to allow you to continue to market and not retreat. Uh, because it's only the continuation of your marketing that's going to get you out of that challenge, right? So calendar budget, as much money as you need to spend to fill your calendar. Then you're going to want to move into a surplus month, a budget. And on paper, this is intentionally throwing away money. And it's going to feel that way. It's like my calendar's full. I don't need to spend more money on marketing. Yes, you do. Uh, if you really want to propel your business and have exponential results with no additional effort, then you want to move into what's called a surplus budget, which is spending about 20 to 30% more than you need to on marketing to fill your calendar. And the, the cumulative effect of that is just, it, it is, it is the kind of math that you cannot calculate. And we see that all the time. Clients just coming out of the woodwork, uh, being able to cherry pick, work with clients that have a higher net worth, and basically toss to the side leads that uh, aren't worth your time. And when I say not worth your time, just in case anybody's listening that might be offended with that, I don't mean that those people aren't worth your time. What I mean is you got to know how much you're worth on an hourly basis and you can't help people that aren't worth what your hourly rate is if you want to maximize the return on your business. You know, is that a black and white thing? Does that mean you never help anybody that's not worth your time? No, it doesn't mean that. But it just means that you need to spend most of your time in the most productive space, which is working with people that will uh, allow you to uh, maximize your hourly rate. And... You know, there's other agents out there that can work with uh, clients that don't have the money that uh, is required to work for you. So working in a surplus budget, and you will see that the same amount of effort that you put into your calendar budget is going to bring you 2 or 3x on your, uh, on your business revenues. And, you know, so if your marketing is 20 to 30% more than what it needs to be, you're going to see a 200 to 300% increase in your production. And then this is, this is optional, 
you know, not everybody gets to this point. Not everybody wants to get to this point. Um, you know, stage four branding budget is really something that you're probably doing when you have an office, you have staff, uh, you have sub-agents, uh, you're building an agency, you're trying to dominate a market, you're probably in the top ten of uh, the agencies in your market, and you move into what's called the branding budget, which means you're spending money on marketing that you have no idea whether you're getting a return on it uh, from a tangible level. You, you you know, you spend the money, you know the leads are coming back to you, but you don't, you can't necessarily directly correlate the expenditures with revenues. Uh, and that would be doing things like radio spot ads, which typically have very uh, poor results as far as actual, here's my money, how many leads did I, do I get? Uh, but where radio spot ads could uh, benefit you in a branding budget is, you know, instead of the client hearing you on the radio, say, once per week with your – or once every other week with your block programming, they could hear you three or four or five times uh, and just touch, 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 uh, where you're constantly uh, hitting these people. And then they see your workshop solicitations, and they see – um, your online uh, activity, your internet reputation, and they just constantly be, get touched by your marketing. And what this does, when you get into a branding budget, it just makes your business easier. It brings more people coming to you asking for help than you trying to convince them they need help. And that's where this business can get really fun, too, because there's just literally no way to fail at this point. At this point, your your sales process is refined, uh, your your closure rate's high, your case size is high. It doesn't take you forever to close business, and you're just enjoying the process of helping people. And for the most part, the people you're working with want to be helped because you've created such a high level of branding and credibility that uh, they just uh, don't have much resistance. And then we had the question, how did you know when you were capitalized? Well, for me, I went through all of these processes uh, as far as getting capitalized. I, I cut out all my personal expenses, you know, sold a car, had a garage sale, cut out restaurants, cut out vacationing, cut out clothes, got the $100,000 in my personal account, got the 100000 in my business account. And so uh, when Randy, our partner there, asked, how how do you know when you're capitalized? I just looked back and kind of looked at my own personal situation and then also the situations that uh, with the other partners that we've worked with. And, you know, one for me was no debt. I mean, when, when, I, when I was debt-free, um, then all the money that came in went into capitalization. Uh, my bills were on auto pay. It was just one less thing to do. Uh, I find in life, like life is always, it always likes to give you addition, never subtraction. It always adds things to your life. And, you know, you have a finite amount of time, and yet there's all these things you have to do, and life is always adding things. So one of the things capitalization could do is allow you to start uh, applying subtraction to your life, like paying a bill. You know, if everything's on auto pay, I don't have to do it. It's more time in my life. 
um, to be able to get the things done that I need to get done. Uh, reconciling my accounts monthly, and if I had a choice, I'd really do this annually, but, you know, we have a lot of fraud out there. I had someone from Africa steal $2,500 out of our checking account, so I kind of have to look at the accounts on a monthly basis to make sure none of that's going on. The more money you spend, the more opportunities there are for you to get hacked, so it's important to look at your accounts, um, but only on a monthly basis. And uh, this one's really important. Looking at your P&L and your return on uh, marketing on an annual basis. Uh, this is so important because, uh, you know, short-term analysis on long-term results ends up causing you to make decisions that don't help you in the long term. This is really the, the, the crux of the lack of capitalization problem that most agents have. If you are spending money on a paycheck-to-paycheck -paycheck basis, the pressure that you're feeling for short-term results is really difficult. And I know how that feels, and I'm not discounting that or making light of that. I know what you're feeling. I know it's tough. But you have to push past that and not look at your short-term circumstances and apply decisions to those circumstances that will hijack you from long-term results. You are in business. Business is not about spending money, making money. It's about spending money, spending money, making money, making money. Um, and then sometimes it's about spending money, spending money, spending money, spending money, and making money. You don't have total control over the return on your investment. Uh, but if you cut back on things that are going to reap you long-term results, it, it's going to hijack your business. And, you know, the two or three or four or five years from now goal that you had is going to be decimated. And so part of the advantages of getting capitalized is you don't have to make uh, short-term uh, decisions based on long-term results. You're allowed to be patient. Um, you know, I, you, you know, think about, you know, we just had this big dip in crypto, and it just made me think about this situation. I mean, all these guys that probably bought crypto on the way up, uh, you know, and Bitcoin got up to 67000 and a lot of them were leveraged, you know, so they're borrowing money to buy Bitcoin. And then Bitcoin uh, crashes and they get wiped out through a, a leveraged call or they just don't have the capitalization or the fortitude to just let it ride. I mean, short-term problem, uh, which hijacks them from long-term results, right? And that can be duplicated throughout our businesses in so many different ways. So you have to be in a situation, you have to force yourself to get into a capitalization position where you can uh, think in terms about long-term. Um, you know, and then the other thing is, you know, when I really, you know, honestly, one of the big signs of being highly capitalized is when you don't think about money anymore. I mean, honestly, I, every day, me and my partners that have followed this process Money is not really what we're working for. We're working for productivity. 
we already know we can make money, and we know the decisions we make, whether they're good or bad, are not going to destroy us or or necessarily make us, you know, uber rich overnight. And so you really stop thinking about money and stop think and start thinking about productivity. Like, am I doing my job? You know, am I waking up every morning uh, with an intention to help people? Uh, am I doing everything I can to get in front of people so I can help them? You know, have I called enough? You know, have I uh, studied sales process enough? You know, objection handling, all those different things. When you start thinking about your productivity and not the money involved in this business, not only is that a lot of freedom, uh, a lot of freedom from mental stress, but it also allows you to have fun, you know, where money isn't the thing. It's just about helping people and being productive. If I help enough people, I'll be productive, and if I'm productive, the money situation will take care of itself. And that is the best way to run your business. And fortunately, unlike restaurants or so many other businesses, we operate on such high margins. This is an attainable goal. With some businesses, the margins are so small that, you know, one hiccup, you know, the margins and the, are so small and the leverage is so high that one little thing like uh, COVID, which is relatively a small thing, it's a 12-month disruption in business, uh, can wipe you out. But we have the opportunity to be so capitalized in this business that we can survive stuff like that. Um, and it's the capitalization that will allow you to stop thinking about money. Um, so, you know, capitalization is relative. You know, one of the things Rennie said, and I totally agree with that. You know, where you live, your personal expenses, um, and so many other factors are going to have a huge impact on what capitalization means to you. If you're in the Bay Area and, you know, in California, being capitalized is a completely different thing than being in, you know, uh, some flyover state, uh, you know, city uh, where you can buy a really nice house for a few hundred thousand dollars, right? Um, but there's so many other things that go into the relative nature of capitalization. Sales skills, and this is why I talk about being intentional with your sales skills. We are in a sales business. We're not in an education business. We have to take people that have lived, you know, 60 years of their life, have never met anybody like us, don't know anything about our products. Everybody that's talking about financial stuff is telling them to stay away from our products. Um, they've been taught to save, accumulate money, spend down their money. You know, the concept of uh, laddered inflation hedged income designs or, you know, preservation of capital uh, through gain and retain are completely foreign to them. And, you know, you have what, you know, two or three hours of contact with this person before you make your, uh, big push, maybe three or four hours. Uh, and so if you're going to compel people to act, you better know how to sell. Uh, you better be able to, uh, make an argument get them to agree to a problem, get them to agree to a solution, and be motivated to do that. And so your ability to capitalize is going to be based on, you know, your closure rate and your case size and the number of appointments it takes you to close. In other words, efficiency in your business. Uh, appointment booking ratio. If you call 10 leads, how many of them do you get appointments with? Uh, how many times do you call your leads? How good is your objection handling? Are you creating urgency over the phone? 
uh, is someone motivated to meet with you and to hold that appointment? Um, personal expenses already mentioned. Keep those just out of the way. Don't allow personal lifestyle to hijack your business. Uh, and then, of course, other business expenses, you know, keep those to a minimum other than your marketing. Spend money wisely. Uh, work effort, you know, and this is one that I'm very cautious about emphasizing. There's nothing to be embarrassed about or to be apologetic for if you're not willing to work as hard as someone else. I mean, I have partners that are almost 80 years old in this business. It would be not only insulting and rude for me to expect them to work as hard as my 30-year-old agents, but, you know, in some cases, they just don't need to. I mean, they've accumulated their money, and and they're enjoying their life, and they have grandchildren and all kinds of things, and church and, you know, all these things that are more important than money. So, you know, all I can say is that for those of you that are more towards the beginning of your career than the end of your career, don't, you know, put in the work now. <laughs> you know, make don't wait till later because you're going to you're going to be sorry if you do that. And if you are sunsetting in your career, don't compare yourself to the 30-year-old. You know, when you hear these stories of guys going out there and killing it, don't think less of yourself just because uh, you're not working as hard as a junior. Uh, it's a different time in a different place. You're in a different season. Enjoy your accomplishments and enjoy the things that uh, are more important than money. Um, but, you know, if you're in the upslope of your career, uh, you need to really just be killing it right now. You need to put in the hours. Uh, and I can tell you that there has probably not been a work, you know, Bill has this comment that says, when I'm working, I'm working. Well, you know, I'm not slacking off and uh, working a little here, a little there. When I, when I have days at work, I work, and I work all day. And that's pretty much how uh, I've, duplicated my career too it's you know i put in 12 hour days uh and there's nothing wrong with that you can find balance with 12 hour days uh you just got to make sure you get capitalized so you can treat your family to a lot of quality time uh when when it's necessary uh and then being laser focused you know buy leads book appointments sell the largest problem policy possible sell the largest solution possible and repeat often Frequency is your friend. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. If you're intentional, you're paying attention to what you're doing, making improvements, the frequency is going to be what catapults your business and uh, takes you uh, to another level. Momentum is something you can't fully measure in this business, but it probably is one of the most impacting uh, factors in uh, blowing your business up. Uh, you just, you know, something that's in motion tends to stay in motion. And the more motion you have, the, the stronger that motion gets. So, uh, frequency is, is, is so key. Um, as far as, uh, budgeting goes, uh, you know, everybody should be spending a minimum of 15 to 20% of their revenues. Uh, and you might have to be above that if your revenues aren't that high, right? If you're bringing in 50000 a year, uh, I don't know if 15 to 20% of those revenues 
uh, are going to get you the momentum that you need. Um, you know, so just like a lot of businesses, you tend to not make a lot of money in the beginning and you just have to operate on faith and, and keep your focus on where you want to go and then get rid of all the distract monetary or personal distractions that would, uh, uh, hijack you. But, you know, even if you're cranking it out, you're doing, you know, four or five million a year, uh, you should easily expect to spend 15 to 20% of your revenues on marketing. And as your revenues go up, just increase your marketing and see what happens, and you'll be shocked. Don't be uncomfortable about expenses. The margins are too high in this business, and there's no reason to be scared uh, of the positive, con you know, the consequences of marketing, uh, because the opportunity with that additional frequency is just going to blow up your business, and you just got to have faith in that. You know, confidence is another big thing in this business, and you know, I don't know why one person doesn't have confidence and then another person doesn't. Uh, I've seen just about every type of person in this business uh, and so many that I thought would kill it that didn't and so many that I didn't think would kill it uh, and did. You know, this is something that you have to just stare into your soul and decide, you know, am I going to believe in myself? If I spend this money, do I believe that over time, I'll reap the reward, and you're just going to have to find that fortitude to press forward because if you don't, you're not going to create the momentum to get where you want to be. So uh, have faith in yourself. Have confidence. Have a good partner. You know, you know, 90% of what I do every single day is helping our partners believe in themselves. You know, I do that through creating great case design, that allows them to show something really great to the client about getting them educated on products, about getting their financial acumen up, and then sometimes just by, you know, pushing them out the door and giving them a little kick in the butt where it needs to go and saying, go do this. You've got this. You can make this happen. Um, and then, you know, being a shoulder to cry on when things don't work out. But You've you got to find that fortitude and that confidence. There's too much to lose right now. Your biggest expense in your business right now is not marketing. It's opportunity loss. And the more of that opportunity letting go is is costing you massive amounts of money that's hard to even quantify. So um, believe in yourself, get in motion, stay in motion, increase your motion, and then increase your effectiveness case size closure rate, uh, efficiency in your business, uh, and get capitalized. That is it. <laughs> That's the business in a nutshell. <laughs> well, uh, I will tell you, everybody on the line, you just had a, P a Ph.D. schooling on how to do this. And uh, we've all heard pieces and parts of this over the years. And I've, I've uh, been in Denver when Anthony is has given similar talks like this. And this is is just what do you what do you say? It's fabulous. And just just absolutely fabulous. So I hope everyone that call it will use this as their roadmap because it's just exactly how it is. One little thing about marketing just I'll share with you because I don't think a lot of boss would care. Uh he was asked at a meeting we had in Denver what his marketing budget was. It's four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year he spent in marketing. And he was asked, "How in the world can you survive spending four hundred fifty thousand He goes, "Well, I made three million, so then there you are the numbers i'll I'll work on it and uh, 
It's just really phenomenal stuff. But uh, look, let me move on. We're running late, everybody, so that's the way it is today. If you're on the notes, you'll see the picture of my two two fish. And uh, we need to be cautious of being victims of fishing. I actually was uh, a long-lost high school friend approached me uh, through uh, Facebook Messenger, and we started sharing old memories, and all of a sudden I realized this person was saying things that uh, uh, were not uh, wouldn't belong in this conversation. And so I said, hey, remember that time we did this? I just made this thing up. And they came back and said, oh, yeah, that was one of the best. Anyway, something didn't exist. So I knew, so I notified, uh, I notified Facebook on it. Uh, since then, on Facebook Messenger, it's happened with maybe ten or twelve other other people. So, if I can catch on to it and take care of it, maybe someone else can. But it'd be it's great information. And what what I have on the notes today, this is stuff you know. Smart agents are going to copy this and use it as handouts. And this came from one of the best sources in the world, from Nolo. And uh, you can use. I left the link in there. You can go down and look through the whole thing. But this is just great stuff, especially with what's going on now on the internet, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, good, good stuff. Uh, there's an Athene notice on partial Roth IRAs. Anthony, do you need to say about anything about this? Or are we good on it? Uh, yeah, real quick. Uh, so. Uh, Athene, right? Is that what we're talking about? Right, right, Athene, yeah. Yeah. So uh, American Equity, Allianz, and now Athene all allow uh, partial uh, in-policy conversions to Roth, which means if you have a policy that's, say, $100,000, uh, then you could take 20000 as long as the amount you're converting is equal to or greater than the minimum policy requirements. You know, so, for example, if you know, uh, let's say the Allianz 2.2 requires, I think, $20,000 minimum premium to start the policy. I'm just speaking off the top of my head there. I don't know that number specifically, but your conversion has to be at least equal to the minimum policy premium, and then you will uh, be able to create a separate policy with a separate policy number, but one that completely mimics the original policy. Same same policy dates, same crediting, same everything, uh, and that will allow you to go ahead, you know, if someone wants to do Roth conversions, you can just write that IRA policy, get it, get the policy issued, and then the client can slowly start to move money into Roth uh, over time to whatever extent they need to, obviously probably trying to use an amount that doesn't push them in the next tax bracket. Um, another real quick thing, too, uh, Roth conversions do not satisfy RMDs. So if you have a client that's of an age where they need to do RMDs, they need to do their RMD before they make their Roth uh, conversion uh, for that year. Uh, but Athene is new to the party. American Equity, Athene, and Allianz all allow this. Thanks. Uh, a couple of more things, a uh, little thing on Merrill Lynch, if you want to read it, it's kind of interesting. I had, was going to do three different narratives, but look, I'm going to save the executive life one for when we, well, next time we visit. But I, w I did want to point out this uh, mess that, with uh, Swiss life, because, you know, you get these things all the time. We had the one with uh, the uh, an agent we use in the pack life for uh, additional 
funding through a loan process in California, the California Department of Insurance shut down. But this one is really an interesting one. Swiss Life uh, sold in America uh, these life products that allow the the person buying the life policy to put whatever assets they wanted on deposit and enjoy the tax-free accumulation on them. And then the idea was is that uh, they would be liquidated within the policy and taken out as slow interest loans, et cetera. Well, lots and lots of big guys did it. It was fraud, absolute tax fraud. The IRS had been tailing them for four or five years, and about a month ago they pounced. And not only did Swiss Life agree to pay $77 million in fines, but they also agreed to, to turn over all the records of the 1,650 big cat people that put money in here to defraud the government of, uh, of taxes. And the can you imagine if you bought this and had this Swiss Life do this to you and know that uh, the IRS is coming to visit? And this is just an example of abuse. And these guys that bought these, they deserve all the pain and suffering they're going to get on it. This is out-and-out tax tax fraud. And speaking a little bit about Swiss life, many of you remember six, seven, eight years ago, we were bombarded everywhere about using Swiss annuities. Nothing in the world wrong with Swiss annuities. They're certainly well-managed and well-done. But the IRS stopped uh, stopped selling those in the United States by just changing one rule, that the Swiss – uh, annuities still can be purchased in America, but they remove the tax, the tax deferral benefit of uh, our annuities enjoy. So uh, stop, stop that nonsense on it. Uh, looking down through the uh, <coughs> industry under David's picture, Securian, I've mentioned them many times. They have, they are just light years ahead of, of uh, on their marketing and anyone else. So there's some really great little links there to them. So take a look there. And uh, Nationwide's commentary that comes out monthly, uh, it's here, the, the new commentary is out and what they're expecting on the play sheet. You get a lot of information from this, and so I highlighted that for you. Under uh, more information, um, looks like sales contests are going to be out. So free trips paid by insurance companies or however they do that may not be allowed under the new DL rule. Americans are also looking for Bitcoin, talking about Bitcoin everywhere, looking for Bitcoin that's in a life insurance wrapper. Once again, really, why would you do that? So on and so forth. Anyway, there's a couple others marked down through there as we've gone through it. And we've run really long, but look, this was a really special podcast. The stuff that Anthony covered today are things that you won't get any anywhere else in the industry. This is as good as it gets. This is a PhD class today in it. So uh, with that, uh, we will shall see you all in uh, in, in June. Uh, David, anything else to add? No, good, Bill. Okay, everybody. Have a good Memorial Day. Remember what Memorial Day is for. It's for those who have served. Uh, thanks a lot. We'll see you after the break. Thanks for listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen. Check back each week for a new episode. For more information on how Annuity Agents Alliance will help you build your annuity business, go to annuityagentsalliance.com or call 888-742-4368. 
If you like the show, please leave your rating and review on the podcast channel where you found the show. The information and opinions expressed here from third parties or guests are believed to be reliable, but the information cannot be verified or guaranteed by Annuity Agents Alliance. The opinions of guests do not necessarily represent the opinions of Annuity Agents Alliance or its partners. The prior information does not represent tax, legal, or investment advice and is for licensed financial professional use only.